This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks, caters to all. Whether you are a beginning runner or a top-end athlete, SDR will have the shoes, spikes, apparel, and nutrition items you need. Looking for some fun, COVID-friendly social opportunities? Look no further than the SDR Thursday night group run. Meet at SDR, go for a nice run of any distance, then meet up at the spacious Rhombus Brewery for a free pint. That's right, free. You can also start your weekend off with a Saturday morning brunch run from the store, followed by some brand new, delicious Dakota Don Artesian waffles. That's C-Dick Run, where life and running intersect. Ragnarok Athletic Club provides opportunities for all athletes of all ages, events, and abilities to compete in the sport of track and field. If you're interested in competing in some summer USATF track meets, or just want to get more coaching in your event, Ragnarok Athletic Club is for you. Hop on their social medias to find more info. Finally, we'd like to thank Draymond Enterprises. Draymond Enterprises, innovation reimagined. On this episode of the pod, we chat with my former high school teammate, Carter Bulow. After a successful track career at Red River High School, Carter went after his dream of playing college football at the University of Mary in Bismarck. After a transfer and an injury, he decided to put the football cleats down and pick the throwing shoes back up. At Valley City State, where he's now the throws coach, he was a two-time national qualifier in the shot put. On this episode, we wanted to show the NAIA some love, and Carter is just the guy for the job. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your support, whether it's a like on Instagram, whether it's a follow on our Facebook page. Every little bit helps. We love the feedback we've been receiving. If you want to give us any tips or advice or let us know anything, please don't hesitate to message us on social media or you can probably track down Cam and I's phone number somewhere. But enough about us. Let's dive into today's episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rayo. And today we get the pleasure of sitting down with an old teammate of mine, a high school teammate. Uh, At Red River High School, he was a couple-time state qualifier in the shot put. And then he went on to the University of Mary to actually play football. But it didn't take long before he realized that track was where it was at. Track is always where it's at. And so he ended up transferring to Valley City State University, where he did track for three seasons was a two-time national qualifier in the shot put, and we are stoked to have him on the show today. So, Carter Bulow, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, you guys were at Dickinson today. Tell us a little bit about it. You know what? It's nice just to be outside. I mean, we had the whole week off, and everybody was struggling with it, whether that be D1, D2, uh, NEI. I mean, everywhere around here, everyone was coped up because it was down in the low 20s, but... uh, 63, I got a little bit of a sunburn, but uh, we had a good day. It's good to be outside. Yeah, and you know what I'm noticing? It's not really like a mask tan either. Like, it's, uh, it's a good, like, you're going to have a nice tan all the way around. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I had a little bit of the goggles when I took off the sunglasses, but it won't be too bad. Yeah. Every, every good North Dakota knows that you need a good burn before you can get that tan. So, <laughs> get the burn out of the way early, and, you know, it's all up from here. We have a couple Hawaii girls on our team, and they're like, Carter, you're really burnt. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
this is first season like we're getting through it and then we're golden yeah <laughs> like actually golden like you're gonna have yeah. a nice tan I'll, I'll i'll look pretty nice <laughs> and then if you're lucky you also get the wind burn in there too oh my fiance she's famous for the wind burn yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll get off the bus and she'll go i'm getting wind burn today it's 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 gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> oh Oh, so before we like dive into where you're at right now, helping out with Valley City's throws, let's just kind of like take things back for you. So we always start off the podcast by asking our guests, how did you get started with track and field? And I guess like all three of us being from Grand Forks, I'm going to guess that it was maybe those Monday night track meets, but I could be wrong. So where did you get your intro to track? So honestly, I was a do everything possible type of kid growing up. And I did. Uh, I remember Cam, we played soccer together and his family always had the huge picnics out on the soccer fields and the tubware. Uh, we had uh, baseball, wrestling, hockey. Honestly, I didn't start track until uh, we had to for the middle school. They're like, everybody's got to go do their run. Everybody's got to do the baseball toss. The whole works. It wasn't until high school that I actually sat down and was like, yeah, I'm going to do track now. And honestly... It all started because I was like, all right, I get to go see the girls as a true, as a freshman. I was like, all right, I get to go hang out with these girls. Um, but the first person that really told me I need to go do it was Brian Beard. Uh, he was the football captain, the wrestling captain. And he goes, you got to come do track. I mean, you're a big kid. You got to come throw. So coming through it, I mean, I envy that man. So, I mean, <laughs> I had to go do it. Mm-hmm. He was everything to me. Um, so honestly, it was just that little freshman skit where I was like all right I gotta go do it now yeah okay real quick did Cam's family were they the orange slice family that brought all the orange slices for all the kids they did that but they were my mom talks about all the time when because we'll go like to a game or anything and they're like do you remember that family that had brought these full full course meals with the tubware and everything and (laughs) I I was like yeah I still know them I see them at track all the time (laughs) yeah my my mom just loves making stuff for other people to eat like like anything like she she'd put on like the most the, like the biggest pasta dinners for the cross country team and you know yeah. any chance she has to make make food in bulk you know she's all about that so yeah i'm glad that you know it's memorable for <laughs> <laughs> the right reasons yeah yeah. No, it was fun. I always remember it. Like my mom, I swear she brought it up like last month. I mean, <laughs> I swear. That's cool. Okay. So, and I actually remember you playing hockey. Like you were a bit, you were really into hockey. I loved hockey. Uh, I don't know if the viewers can see me or anything, but I am not a small human being. Uh, <laughs> I was a big football player, big hockey player, but I, I played hockey for 15 years um, from three years old through senior year of high school. So, I mean, uh, ended up getting cut from the state championship hockey team as a true freshman and then had to uh, find something else to do. So ended up doing wrestling. So that was a little bit of a turn to the worst, some may say, but I loved it. Um, but I loved hockey. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, I remember you doing it. But, you know, track podcast will focus on track. <laughs> what were those first couple practices like you – we're just told come out for track, do it because you're a big kid. Did you like it right away? Did you not like it so much? What did it look like? 
I was a little weary about it. Um, so at Red River, we have Coach Baker, Coach Tandesky, and uh, we had Zim. We had all these just phenomenal, legendary coaches. And it was a little intimidating. You had uh, Jake Olson, Brian Bierick, the Bothans. You had uh, Hoplin, all these guys that you're like, all right, you're going to go do track and you're going to throw with the guy that's number one in the country for discus and number five in the country for javelin. And it was a little intimidating, but the humor of Baker and Tando and all those kind of coaches, they really made it fun. You're doing all the turns in the uh, cafeteria on the tiles. You're doing anything you can do without throwing shoes in North Dakota. So uh, at first it was intimidating, but I turned real quick. I really loved it. Yeah, Carter. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every everybody who's ever done track can think of one person that they see at every single track meet that is like roaming around after their events, just talking to anybody, you know, from other teams, always has a smile, like is just happy to be there. And you're kind of one of those guys for me who I remember. Just, you know, I mean, Grand Forks is pretty unique, especially with the throws, because you got Central and Red River who are training, you know, directly together. So you always see a Central and a Red River guy or a central red river girl whatever thrower they're always walking around together at a meet and i think it just brings in this you know this other sense of like togetherness with the other teams when you see rivals you know walking together so i mean was that kind of a big thing that made you like stick around and and kind of motivated you to get better in a way oh absolutely you had so we go around brian Bierk probably was the scariest looking person ever in high school but he was the biggest teddy bear ever so you had him and he'd take you under your wing. He'd go talk to you, hang out with you. Um, Alex Talley, we're the same age. He graduated the same year. At freshman mm-hmm. year, we sat there and we hung out every single meet. Uh, in his podcast with you guys, he talked about those cookies. His mom made the best cookies <laughs> ever. We had her cookies all the time. Um, I mean, that com- and that's kind of a whole thrower thing. We like to eat, we like to talk, and we like to have a good time. That's kind of the basis you have when you're a high school thrower and uh north dakota just hits it on the nail ahead of the nail with uh how fun it is and how awesome almost every single thrower is um but that 100 percent that was that was my favorite part about it. football you're always nailing heads uh wrestling you're with one person and then you can go talk to people but track i could be in the middle of the hardest competition in my life and i'd still be laughing and having a good time with the other throwers yeah that, that's one thing that I think is like a pretty unique connection that cross country runners and throwers have for whatever reason, uh, cross country runners, you know, you're able to, uh, you know, have like the big team atmosphere and, you know, you warm up with other teams sometime or you cool down with other teams, you know, mostly after the competition. Yeah. Um, and, and I've just heard it compared that, that thrower, if you're to take the whole track team, you know, a thrower and a distance runner, have a lot more, you know, as different as they look in stature, they have more in common than any two other event group, uh, Absolutely. which, which is just, you know, really, really cool. So yep. yeah, our team, our number one thrower and our number one distance person are engaged. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. The real, real world, real yep. world stuff right there. So Carter, at what point do you realize that, you're going to be pretty good at shot put because you start improving year after year, you start putting up some pretty good marks and you end up qualifying for state. When did you know that like, this is something I maybe would want to do down the road. We kind of alluded in the intro that you didn't start out doing track, but when did things kind of start clicking for you? 
Cove. I mean, I always liked it. And then uh, I got really close with Jake Olson, Jolson. And uh, again, Brian, I'm going to talk about a lot just because that's my whole high school memory is that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I threw 42, my first ever throw in high school. Um, and Brian's like, all right, you have to do this. He gave me a pair of his old throwing shoes. He's like, you have to do it. So I kind of stuck around right then and there. And then uh, I just, right after that, I just kind of was like, all right, maybe I can do this. Cause I saw where Brian was throwing as a freshman. I saw where Jolson was throwing as a freshman and kind of thought, all right, I'm kind of up there with the freshman marks. Maybe I have a future with it. Um, I mean, it was fun, but then I was also with wrestling. I lost so much weight every single year. So uh, I was able to get up in my marks every single year, but if I wasn't in wrestling, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't have lost as much muscle mass or whatever, but it had to have been just first meet at Bemidji indoor where Brian's like, all right, you have to keep doing this. (laughs) So, I mean, that's obviously from like early on, like when you first started, you knew that you were going to, you know, pursue it, you know, for at least for the next four years. Um, Obviously, I mean, you told us you went on to play football. So uh, for your first part of college, um, were you ever thinking like that you were going to hopefully come back to to throwing or like when you were getting recruited to play football? um, Was it kind of maybe like, maybe you were a little reluctant to play football, like you wanted to do track, but the opportunity was there to play football? What was that? So absolutely. I mean, I was highly recruited for football. I did, I did all right. I was very, and everybody knew I wanted to play football. That was something I was very passionate about. Um, but then I threw 51 or something along those lines in high school. And well, I had Alex Talley and I had all uh, John Therrelton, all those kind of guys that are throwing over 60, almost 60 feet. So I knew that I was okay in high school. I mean, I could do, any I throw if I were to want I ended up deciding football and then I got to University of Mary and the throws coach was like hey I got senior marks I'd like you to come throw for us um my football coach had absolutely none of that uh did not want me to do it uh so me being biased and loyal to the team that I was on mm-hmm. I stuck with football and continued doing that but uh after a year I was like you know what I'm not feeling the best about my situation uh University of Mary is very expensive and I wanted to be a teacher. I mean, <laughs> so I ended up deciding that I was going to um, open up my transfers and see where I was looking and um, found myself at uh, Valley city where uh, I actually grew up as a kid up until fourth grade. So I was kind of a little sweet home coming there. And then uh, I played football some more kind of kept playing football. Wasn't sure if I was going to do track uh, ended up separating my pec from my shoulder on my right arm. Uh, so I was kind of, like, all right, maybe I need to step away from tra- uh, football. So I step away from football, and within three minutes, the head track coach calls me. And he goes, I need you to come throw. We need another guy for conference. Come throw. So I went out to practice the next day, and I did all right. I made the conference team, and then uh, that just kind of went off from there. But if you were to tell me, Ryan, as a, you're a senior and I am a sophomore at the time, that, hey, you're going to be a college thrower, I probably would have laughed at you. I mean, <laughs> never in my wildest dreams would I have thought I was going to be a college thrower or even do um, semi-well in the college aspect. Um, never would have crossed my mind. Yeah. No, it's 
it's so exciting, especially to Cam said earlier, you've always been a person like at a meet, especially at the NDSU indoor meets. I feel like we'd always run into each other and it'd be like so great to catch up and you were just stoked to compete. And it's awesome when somebody that loves to compete, like gets the opportunity and enjoys it thoroughly. And then they do well too. Like you add that into the mix and it just unlocks so many doors. It was really fun. Yeah. So tell us about then getting back into throwing. What was it like you said, you come out for the conference team, you make the roster. Was there a bit of an adjustment trying to get back? You know, you're in football shape. It's probably a little different than track shape. What was that period of adjustment like? It was incredibly hard. I mean, so we go to high school and we're throwing the small 12 pound. So I'm thinking when I go out there, I had no clue it switched to a 16. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so much stronger than I used to be. Like, this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> I get in there and I put this big hunk of 16 pounds on my neck and broke my fingers the very first throw. <laughs> no. Like, this, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Wait, like actually, like your fingers hurt or you actually broke your fingers? Just put them back to the top of my hand, just kind of okay. bent them up backwards. But yeah, one of those things where you get a hold of a throw and it just kind of bends you backwards. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Very first throw. Like it could not have gone worse. Um, and then I finally like it was getting better at it. And I always spun in high school. I never did the glide ever. Um, and it was such a short notice like, within the week of conference. They're like, you need to come throw. Um, they threw me into like a step back glide and I missed, uh, oh, was it finals or placing for a medal by like 0.02 um, in my first ever meet at college. So I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. Um, but then we got a new coach the year after and he started like asking me different questions about how I used to throw and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I used to spin, like I'd like to get back into it. And he was in a phenomenal coach and really helping guide us into the, the spin. But that transition, I, I was so diminished when I broke my fingers that first throw. I didn't even <laughs> think I was going to do it. <laughs> that, that's so interesting that, I mean, I know it had been probably, you know, around like two years since you had thrown last, but it's so interesting that they, uh, with having a spin background, that they had you go to, to a glide. Yep. Uh, in, like you had Usually it's like the other way, you know, I, I know like Alex Renner, who we were teammates with, you know, and, you know, quite a few guys, I think, who come to NDSU come gliding and they take, you know, years and years to learn the, the spin. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's kind of interesting, but yeah. you got, got back into, to spin that outdoor season then, or was it not until the, the next like fall when the new coach came? So he had, the old coach had me come out like the last week of like actual competing. Like this was outdoor season the week before like conference. Yeah. I did my full spring ball for wow. football mm. thinking I was going to play in the fall again. Uh-huh. Um, but, and then like second to last practice, we're doing a full live scrimmage and just my shoulder came out, but it was just, I mean, so he had me come in and it could not have been a worse meet. I mean, it was, 34 with pouring rain that my first meet back just absolutely drenched and it was something that I mean I'll never forget I mean we're going back to the same place this uh or we went there last we're supposed to go there last year and we're like oh my goodness is it going to be the exact same thing but no I uh 
did the glide for that one conference meet and then decided to go back to the spin when that new coach came. Um, we got to work in the barn and then we kind of just went from there. Sweet. Real quick. What's the barn? What's that? Oh, you go, if you drive through Valley city, like on the interstate there, there's that big, uh, winter show, like the barn farm thing. They have the cows all on it and everything. Mm-hmm. We practiced in there for the last three years. This is the first year we're not practicing in this like barn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't make it up. We go in there, they have some cement slabs. We throw down some like uh, different like old track part and pieces and we throw them to there. I mean, we ended up getting kicked out of there for breaking so many lights and that kind of stuff with the <laughs> hammer throw and all that, <laughs> all those kind of fun things. But no, we, we threw in a barn for wow. my first three years of throwing college. This goes to show like it doesn't matter where you get it done. You just have to get it done. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. When we were freshmen at NDSU, I think even our first two years, we, the shack or whatever it's called now, the shack, it was called the BSA, but it was under construction. And so they rented out an old grocery store and we would lift in this old grocery store. And like, I mean, it still had like the lights above, like where the checkout lanes would be, like the numbers, it said like meats and produce on the wall. The, no, it was straight up the, re- <laughs> the wrestling the wrestling room was in like the old, like cold storage area, like where they'd keep all the frozen foods. It was like in the deli. The wrestling room was the deli or something like that. That is crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's, it just goes to show though. It was like so fun. It was blue collared because everyone yeah. went in there and they were like, it's not fancy. It's not glamorous, but we just know we got to put in the work. No, I mean, and we always, we envied your guys' facility when we're thrown in this barn. So hearing that, that's, that makes everything so much better. I mean, we literally were thrown in this just dirt. Like it smelled like cow manure. Like we're throwing in this one area. I mean, that's hilarious. That is, I mean, that's the the North Dakota experience right there. Like that, Valley City gets like a surprising number of like out of state uh, students, right? Am yeah. I? So was there like a lot of uh, teammates that you had who were from all all across the U.S.? So my best thrower, Zach Coe, is from El Paso, Texas. Um, huh just was an all-american this last year take or last year what three months ago um in the shot put uh took third place and he's from el paso um we got one of my other throwers from the uk uh recruited her and she's a freshman for us she's doing great uh we have a junior that's uh originally from guam our football team has probably 10 kids from washington six from alaska like, I don't get it. I don't understand how we do it. We got some pipelines going out there to connect us, but we're finding these athletes in different places other than North Dakota, which I signed eight kids and all of them from North Dakota, um, two mm-hmm. of them from Grand Forks Red River. So I'm pretty pumped about that, but uh, we're getting North Dakota kids as well. So yeah. real quick, before we get into your coaching, because I'm super excited to hear about that. Um, I just want to real quick, put the finishing touches on your career then and unfortunately you didn't get that outdoor season last year because of covid but i just want to go through some of these marks because it's interesting your best high school throw correct me if i'm wrong but when i was looking earlier it was like 45 10 was does that sound right or somewhere in that ballpark my senior year, i hit 50 like 50.3 50.4 or something like that okay well then maybe i was looking at your junior year but yeah, 
So you throw 50 feet, but then what's awesome is you go to the collegiate level and you throw a 51 nine with the heavier shot put after taking time off from being a shot put thrower and you qualified twice for the national meet, right? Yes. Uh, crazy. <laughs> uh, like I said, I never thought I would actually be a college athlete thrower. Um, so the fact that I did surpass my high school uh, numbers with that big old 16 pound is kind of cool and fascinating. Um, work. I mean, <laughs> doesn't just come, that's for sure. But no, uh, surprise myself, I should say. Yeah. No. And that's, that's so great. Like I said earlier, the fact that you love the sport so much and like you found success is it's always a good combination. Yeah. Cam, you looked like you were going to say something. I, I was just going to say like track, track is such like a mental sport that if you don't enjoy it in some way, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be really hard to find success. So when you have like a hard work ethic and just like a desire to do well and to have fun with it, you know, that, then you're going to see, you know, stories like you, Carter, where, you know, you get a guy who's just throwing in a barn, you know, lifting in a, like, like a little bar, literal <laughs> barn, not like some fancy, you know, a stadium that's nicknamed the barn, like, like you're throwing in a barn uh, <laughs> yeah. who, who qualifies, you know, two times for, for nationals. And, and I mean, I just think like something me and Ryan try and emphasize too, is like to the listeners who might be a little younger, like, is finding a, a school that you are like interested in and that's at like the appropriate level for you. That's going to give you the most opportunities to, to be successful. Yeah. Um, and like, you're, you're like the perfect example. You know, uh, I, I can say that I'm a zero time national qualifier. You know, it, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what level, you know, I, I didn't make it to the highest stage. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm happy with where I, where I competed and stuff. Uh, but you can be equally as like happy and proud, like that you're a two-time national qualifier. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's still a big deal. And we just want to like, uh, yeah, just share, share like all those like stories from people at, at any level. And that's kind of, you know, why, why we're doing it. There's my little soapbox. So <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you can you step down that, now. Yeah. It is that work. Like my, I almost went back and played football despite my shoulder injury after like right before I qualified for the very first time. I was like, well, maybe I'll go play again. Um, ended up qualifying out of nowhere. Uh, Canada's popped one. Uh, and I ended up not being able to go to nationals after I qualified for my very first time. Uh, I went overseas and sang in Italy. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't even get to go. Well, so, so that, I mean, that was something that we're like, Oh my gosh, of course I qualify in my, respected event and then of course i already had previous plans where i couldn't pass it up mm -hmm. uh, but then my after that uh i saw where i was at and I, I worked really really hard i mean i pushed myself to probably more than i probably should have and then qualified for nationals beat my previous mark and qualified for the a standard which was higher than what i was before um and choked at nationals just worse i had thrown in two years could not have gone worse um, and then I was geared up. I was like, right, I got outdoor, I got outdoor. And then boom, next week, COVID shut everything down for the rest of the year. So I was like, all right, coaching, here we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was it that quick of a decision for you, Carter? Like, did you know that you were maybe going to have this chance or were you ever thinking like, well, you know, a lot of people are getting like this, 
this extra year of eligibility, did that thought ever cross your mind to come back? And Yes and no. Um, I was a new old student teaching this year. Um, and I knew that I'm too competitive not to be able to train to my fullest extent and then try and go compete. Yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm student teaching in the fall. I, I planned out I was going to be done competing and I'm going to gear myself for student teaching and then be a teacher. So I was COVID hit and my coach called me. He goes, all right, you can compete another two years if you really want to. Outdoor doesn't count. And then the COVID year. Um, so I was like, all right, well, I mean, it'd be cool. Um, I would love to do it. But then I kind of thought and talked to my parents. I was like, I'm too competitive that I'm going to go in there and not get my full extent of training to throw worse than I did this year and potentially not make nationals. And that, that just drove me nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, so then my head coach was like, have you thought about coming and coaching? So he offered me that kind of position, but it, it didn't, it wasn't so easy. I had to go through the school because I was doing my coaching practicum and, uh, the school was like, yeah, take it, go ahead. So I was, I was pretty, it was pretty nice of a transition where I got to do my coaching practicum through the school and coach as a college coach. Um, so that's something that's going to be, that's way different than most kids is doing their coaching practicums. Yeah. Um, so I was very fortunate in that aspect, but no, it wasn't, uh, I knew I probably wasn't going to come back just because of my student teaching and where I was going to be at, but it wasn't a quick decision. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So what does this first year of coaching look like then for you? Like you've obviously got some studs where we've mentioned Zach Coe a couple of times and I've had the pleasure of throwing against him and it's fun to see how he's progressed and some of these other athletes just walk us through what it's like being a first year college coach. It is so weird. And especially uh, you got like the craziest year to do it too. It, it's, it's different. I mean, um, COVID, obviously we're getting tested two times a week. We're doing, going to all these different events. We don't get, we don't get to compete against NDSU this year. That, that's the biggest blessing of being where we're at was we're an hour from NDSU. We get to throw against Peyton Otterall, Alex Talley, Kristoff. We get to throw against all these guys that, frankly, we're not in the caliber of, but that's so cool to get to see and throw against. Um, mm -hmm. my biggest, like pet peeve, not pet peeve, brag I get is that I threw in the finals with Peyton Otterdahl once. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. with the Olympics and that make that word travels a little bit more, but, um, <laughs> it was so cool. Um, now we're going to Jamestown. We're going to, uh, ooh, in Normandy, it's Concordia, Dakota state, all, all these different places where it's, it's not North Dakota. NDSU, these different caliber athletes, but we're still getting these different competitions where we're winning and we're mm -hmm. getting this different experience where we go to NDSU, Coe's going to make finals, but is he going to win? Probably not. Where Coe, he's lost one comp all year and it was second place. Wow. Other than nationals, of course. Mm -hmm. um, like that doesn't happen that often unless you're Ryan Krauser or one of those guys that are up there, but um. So it's really cool to see that you get to have that, but the coaching it's, I, I was a teammate with all these guys. I mean, <laughs> all the three freshmen we have, I was a, I was a teammate with. So it's that weird transition of, all right, I, I'm your friend, but I'm your coach now at this practice. Mm -hmm. You, we can talk if you need to hang out, like we can, we can communicate things can like, we can hang out, but I'm your coach here. 
and we just it's a hard distinguish of all right i know you're a really good friend of mine but we got i'm trying to help you with this aspect mm-hmm. um other than that i mean there i have some great guys and girls i really do they are absolutely incredible and they they work hard um and you talk about co's progression i mean drastic he is he's doing an amazing job and He's one of those kids that buys in every single day. And as a coach, he's one of those kids that you just love to have. And then he got uh, my girl from the UK, Taylor. Uh, I mean, I recruited her. She was my first recruit, first signee from the UK. Like, from the UK. So, I mean, that that's my favorite aspect of coaching is recruiting, that's for sure. Which is yeah. really good because I feel like a lot of coaches wouldn't necessarily say that. Or they would just say, it's fun, but it takes a lot of time. But that's cool that you really enjoy it. I love it. I mean, I like to talk though. I mean, <laughs> we talked about that earlier. I'm one of those guys that goes to the meets and talks to everybody, but I love it. I mean, you get some kids on the horn and talk to them and talk to them about a place you love and a program that you love. And it's pretty easy to get words out. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just like, as we're talking, I'm thinking about this. So in the state, we've got two D1 programs, UND and DSU. We've got a couple of D2. We've got you, Mary, and we've got Minot State. Are there any other D2s in the state? I don't think so. North Dakota, no. No. And so then we go to, we have no D3 schools, but then we have more NAIA schools than we do any other division. We've got Valley City State. We've got Jamestown. We've got Dickinson. Mayville. Mayville. Mayville, yep. Um, And I think... The, then we've got a couple of JUCOs. Then we've got like Lake Region. We've got Botno. NDSCS. We've got NDSCS. Yeah. So NAIA is the dominant like athletic conference yep. school. So right now, for those people listening, give us your 60-second plug for NAIA. Why, why this division? I mean, the competition alone speaks for itself. I mean, you look at uh, Dickinson State's. Uh, football program those kids that have been coming out of there they have a couple kids that are going to the draft this year valley city state uh louie uh running back from two years ago i believe he's going to the dra- he's eligible for the draft this year and he's got a couple combines throwers i mean co he's throwing just shy of 18 he's in practice he's hitting over those 18s i mean you go to d2 he's up there with the best as well um the competition and then it's the small town communities most of them so dickinson's kind of a bigger town but you look at valley you look at mayville you look at jamestown these communities are what makes the school so like incredible so memorable because it has all those little aspects of all right i can walk 10 miles to the grocery store and then be back at the field <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's something that doesn't happen that often like i mean but nai is a program or a North star is the area we're in. It's on the rise. I mean, the athletes that we're getting here and you look at Cole, he's from El Paso. You have all the football players from Alaska. You got all these, they just want to play college athletics. And that's mm-hmm. where the NEI really gives that boost is where, Oh, I can't go D one. So I can't be an athlete. That's not true. Um, I say this to recruits all the time. You could go with D one D two. And you could be a good athlete there. Or you can come to NAI and be a national champion. You can mm-hmm. come and be a national qualifier. 
you can break school records left and right. Just because you don't have that opportunity to go D1 doesn't mean you can't be a great at college athlete. Um, I went D2 just because I was like, oh, it's the D2 name. Like, I get to go play D2 football. And on retrospect, I should have just went NEI. I mean, athletes I play with here are just as good, and I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, <clears throat> that's – I mean, that's – you don't you don't hear that just from watching, you know, March Madness or, mm-hmm. you know, the college football national championships or, you know, basically anything that gets major, like, media – or TV coverage, you don't hear about the the positive, you know, things that different divisions can can bring. And I mean, Valley City is a, a pretty pretty cool town. You know, I've I've never lived there, but you know, the couple of times that I've gone and competed there, like in high school and stuff, you know, I, I kind of like the the small town uh, kind of kind of vibe, and and it's a great a great school. And you know, I think there there's a lot more that when you're a senior in high school, you don't think to consider uh, about the school that you might go to or the team that you might <clears throat> compete for um, other than, you know, just like the division or, you know, the, the logo that, that you Absolutely. see blasted around everywhere. So yeah, that, that's really good. Yeah. So heading into outdoors then, what's your expectations for your throwers? What are some of the things you're hoping to accomplish? I want Co to get that national championship. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, he's gearing up. He's working hard. So hopefully uh, we can buckle down and get a couple things fixed and get him a national championship. Um, I got one throw in Kobe who, uh, if he went to scratch one throw, would be heading to nationals with us already. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a bomb throw, and I'm hoping he can find that little juice again and get that here in the next uh, couple weeks because conference is in three weeks. Um, I got a girl, Hannah, who is – just working her butt off. I mean, she PR'd in three of her four events today. I mean, she is doing all the right things and has a good attitude most most of the time. She may have an attitude every once in a while, and she listens to this. She'll laugh a little bit, but uh, um, I just I'm just pretty proud of my kids. I mean, as a first year coach, it's pretty fun to see my friends uh, primarily doing so well. And I mean, I have a couple of seniors that I was an athlete with that are also seniors and. Uh, see them do their last events. It's pretty fun. But uh, Alabama, I want to see Co win a national championship in Alabama. That's that great. Would, yeah, that would be so great. That would be so good. Well, Carter, the last thing that I'm going to ask you is, you said earlier you like to talk, and we've talked all about that, but you also mentioned that you like food. So best place to eat in Valley City, where are you going? Well, <sighs> Gosh, you're gonna get me in trouble with some of these answers. Uh, <laughs> you know what? There's probably three places that I'm pretty fond of. I mean, uh, Pizza Corner Pizza is. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm glad you. And it's one of those legendary places where everybody's had those uh, frozen pizzas, and then everyone's like, "Oh, the actual place is in Valley City." Mm-hmm. Uh, same old guy runs it. Still, same guy smiling every day. It's it's a pretty fun place to go to. Um, Bridges is a big sponsor for our school, so I'm gonna give them a little bit of shout out. Their wings are pretty mm-hmm. good, and then uh, I've worked at the Country Club for three years, so they got some pretty good food as well. Man, the only one that 
I know of that didn't make the list, and I've only eaten there oh. once. Is before a basketball game. What what, what were you gonna say? Yes, budget yeah. burger. I forgot about budget burger. <laughs> Holy, their fries smack something different. I mean, that place is awesome. I mean, I love budget burger. I mean, <laughs> forgot about that place. Holy. It was like my junior year before a basketball game. What better place to go than get like a greasy burger? And I mean, absolutely, it was it was really good. It was it's really like a good. burger time on steroids. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It like didn't matter for me because I don't think I got into the varsity game, so I was fine <laughs> sitting on the bench digesting. But oh, if no, I'm wrong, that was a state championship year, right? Uh the year before was a state championship year, so. Definitely didn't play in that game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. It was so good catching up with you and, like, watching your guys' social media. You guys are seeing success. And I've often been wondering, like, I wonder how Carter's doing. So it's great to finally hear, like, that it's all coming together. You've made this transition and that you're enjoying it so much. And seeing you happy makes me happy. So, Carter, dude, keep shining, brother. Like, we can't (laughs) wait to see what you do this outdoor season. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, guys. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you.